All right. Welcome, welcome everybody to another episode of Three Birds and a Punt. I am Afia and I am joined by my co-host John. Say hey, bro. Hey, hey. All right, all right. The title of our episode today is called Harden Day because you know James Harden is playing tonight at 8 p.m. wherever you get your your Sixers game. So we know we got to talk about that. Um, we are happy to announce the three birds are happy to announce that we have partnered with Amaze Media Labs to be the official Eagles podcast for the Pigskin Network. Okay, you can find three birds in a punt on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Megaphone, or wherever you get your uh your podcast. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at three birds and a punt. Okay, if you look down below, you can see at three birds and a punt. Don't please, please download and subscribe to our show on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. And I'm so excited to have my bro here, John, today. Um, we're missing one third of the group, Whip. Uh, he's out, but we're going to hold it down tonight in honor of our bro, uh, Whip. How you doing tonight, John? Not bad, not bad. Salutations, family. Uh, hope all, hope you had a wonderful week. It's good to be back, back at it with the, oh my goodness, so much to talk about, um, some good content. Um, I'm, I'm just excited. I'm through the moon. It's like Christmas all over again. <laughs> right? I'm so excited to be back and be and be hosting the show weekly with, with my bros so that we can really tap into, you know, everything that's going around in sports. And even though the Eagles season is over, there's still so much going on that we have to talk about to just make sure that the fans, our fans are, are kept current with all the news that's going on. You know, we, we always got you with that. And we, we had bird game 31 out here tonight with us. How you doing? We appreciate you being here tonight, bird game. Um, and we're, we're really, we're just going to start with honestly, the, the biggest news in Philadelphia today, which is James Harden, uh, debuting for the Sixers. Um, we're winning a championship It's done. We already know. <laughs> Speaking into ex- existence. Right, right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. I have to have the confidence. We are right. It's already done. Okay. Um, and we just have so much to talk about uh, as far as what to expect from James Harden, what to expect from JoJo, just the team overall, and, and just how you think tonight is going to go. So I was really happy and excited to talk with you tonight. My resident basketball uh, phenom, you know, John knows everything <laughs> about the NBA and this stat. So so what do you expect out of the game tonight? How are you feeling um, about James Harden and his addition to the Sixers. I I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm tempering my emotions a little bit. Um, James Harden. Really? James Harden's last two debuts with new teams. When he debuted with Houston, he had 39 points, 12 assists, and five rebounds. When he debuted with the Nets, 39 points, 14 bo- 14 assists. So I'm thinking it's going to be somewhere in the, in the middle there. I, I could – Minnesota's tough. Minnesota, that that's always been a tough game. We lost to them in double over – in overtime when uh, – a few weeks back when Joel uh, came back from COVID, Joel had 42 points and we lost in overtime. But I think he, uh, Harden adds a dimension that we haven't had. He – 
he's the the best player Joel's ever played with, and I think the fit is perfect. Honestly, he he's a good facilitator. That's something that people miss. People say, "Oh, he lost the step." Not really. He's he, he's been dealing with ha- with the hamstring and soft tissue injuries for a while. Um, he he's 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 going to demand a double team, which means who's going to double team Joel? So it's almost like pick your poison. I think his presence alone is going to elevate us. And the Sixers were already playing good without him, and without the person that's no longer in 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 Philly anymore. But um, great addition, like to get an all time player. As we make a postseason push going forward, and he's 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 all in. I believe he um, him and Daryl Moore Daryl Morey's relationship really like helped matters. It really helped matters, and will continue to help. I think the sky's the limit as long as they play sound defense. Um, the scoring is going to be there. Scoring yeah. going to be there. Absolutely. You know, I feel like, um, like you say, the biggest thing we've been missing is is scoring. And JoJo has has taken his his scoring ability to the next level this season. So that has helped in a lot of ways. But he needs help. You know, he can't be honestly. I know. I know there is this sort of expectation that he has to be doing you know thirty plus a night, but realistically we want him to be in his peak condition for the playoffs. So as much as we're, we want him to win the MVP, we, as much as we love him being the leading scorer in the league and all those, those things, the biggest, most, most, most um, impactful thing we need from Jojo is to remain as healthy as he possibly can, as spry as he possibly can and have help. And that's why we, we got James Harden because I think that at the end of the day, shoot a shoot, and that is something that we do not have to worry about with with James Harden, and I think that that's gonna just open up so much space for for Joel. I, I you frequently see him getting you know triple teamed. Um, um, there's just always always double coverage or triple coverage on him, and I think now with James Harden there, they're not gonna do that. I agree. It's gonna take a lot of pressure off Joel. They could both just play their game organically. Other guys, Tobias, Tyrese Maxey. Oh, my goodness. The possibilities are endless. Guys are going to get off. Right. And I do think that the biggest thing that he'll bring, too, is just a competitive spirit. Like, like one thing, I guess, I mean, I do understand that there is this narrative out there that James Harden checks out. um, But I can understand you know, checking out of a job that's maybe not necessarily satisfying me. I mean, we've already had a player that that's done that in, in certain ways before, but but he's never lost his his ability, right? He just needs to feel competitive. And I think that that's something that the Sixers can can offer him consistently because that's one thing you're always going to get from JoJo. You're never going to get Joel and B back and down from the criticism backing down from the trash talk backing down that fuels him, that fires him. And that is the the thing that he's going to get every night when he steps out on the court as a, on the court as a uh, 76er, because, you know, we, we love our team, but we do not go easy on the team. He's it's, it's amazing. He he's blossoming right in front of us into a superstar. He was already a star and we knew his potential 
but the way he's grown since the birth of his son Arthur is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, and people wanted to, people. I, I was going back and reading some of the takes of some of the media pundits when the Sixers drafted Joel. They're like, "Oh, I would have taken who was the player? Uh, Noah Vonley over over Joel Embiid." And I'm like, mm, "That tweet did not age too well." And no, it's Joel in is. He's somebody to build upon. You heard that too? No, I'm sorry. Pause. What would you say? Oh, um, I'm just excited to see his continued growth with the best possible option. Now, there was a story today that came out saying that he pushed hard for Bradley Beal. I saw that. I saw that. What do you what do you take on that? He really likes Bradley Beal. Like if you think about it, all the times that Sixers have faced the Wizards, mm-hmm. Bradley Beal is like kicking our tail. And we yeah. got Matisse Thibel on him and he's still making shots. Like there was a game earlier this year that went down to the wire against the Wizards. And uh something in that game like showed me like that. I can see him fitting in here. I can see him being here. Right. And um, there were reports that the Sixers weren't done adding in the offseason. And I mentioned that in the last part, that they could potentially go after Beal, too, in the offseason. It would be would interesting. Be I think, wasn't, didn't Beal, if I, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't Beal having, like, season-ending surgery right now? Yeah, he yeah. is. So I mean I, I would be interested to 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 see what what could come of that you know because I do think like <clears throat> I like the idea of having a, a good a good you know big three and to, Tobias <laughs> I love Tobias man I love Me Tobias too. he's, he's not, not cutting it anymore he's not cutting it anymore hey, so I, I, I'm really into that idea of us kind of like upgrading a little bit so I'm I wouldn't be mad at it you know what I mean um it, it's just one of those things where I'm We'll have to see how this season ends up playing out. You know, it's it, because because Beal's hurt. Who knows what that what that rehab will look like, and and how he may be you know impacted by that. So we we definitely have to to you know hedge our bets. I just I'm just going to be excited about the fact that we have James Harden. I know. I did not think we get to, like I, honestly. To me, it was just that thing that was talked about to create a story and a buzz and this and a third. And because of just all the extenuating factors, we were just never going to land Harden, you know? Um, but kudos to, to Maury for um, sticking to his guns and holding out on, on Ben, knowing that he could use Ben to, to get James Harden. I agree. It was, it was refreshing to see a GM make a smart, like, but risky move during the season like that, that, that shows a lot. And I'm excited with the direction of the team. Now we don't have a first round pick this, this coming draft, but I don't think we need one. I think we have a core group of guys. And uh, the main thing from this trade is that we keep that young core together. People are like, Mm -hmm. so people are so easy to add Matisse, well, not necessarily Matisse, but Shake or Cork Moss or Isaiah Joe to some of those trade proposals that were out there. People 
running mock trades. Those guys are going to be the future, I think. Shake could potentially be a, a Jamal Crawford off the bench for them. Um, Corkmas can be um, like a Ginobili for them. Uh, Isaiah Joe could be a guy like like a Hersey Hawkins was for the old Sixers, this reliable like three and D dude. Um, George, they gotta re, they gotta extend George's Niang. George Niang. Oh, great, the, great the man. <laughs> yeah, it would be. It, it's definitely gonna be interesting. I, I I do like the the group. I think it's a good group. I would be interested to see what Harden does to to the mix, like putting because because I, sometimes I feel like the biggest liability is is the coach. Like we have a good team, we just don't know how to put them in the best position for the full course of the game, you know. Um, um, and that's where we end up. I think I think always losing games we should win because we we have a, a history of a record of a pattern of establishing big leads and then slowly seeing those leads just chip away just due to bad um um sub management by by doc so so that's something i'm going to be interested to to see if that you know rotate that terrible rotation that he keeps pushing out there game after game continues that's so key because we had a lead, we had eleven point lead, and then they have like they come with a, a unit that had that's without Joel and Maxi, and that lead is just eviscerated. And then we're down thirteen. I'm like, how do you go? How do you go from being up eleven to down eight, and then down? They call a timeout, then down thirteen, and like the bleeding doesn't stop. I'm like, something has to give. Like that Boston game the other night. Yeah. That Boston game the other night, ooh, that was a, ooh, there was that. I think that will go down as the worst loss of the season. That mm-hmm. Boston game, Jalen Brown. What's upsetting is that you could probably point to a number of games this season and last season where we could say that was the worst loss. Like, how did they lose that lead? We scored like like so. To, to it's 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 endemic. You know, to me that means that it's a pattern. And and so and therefore, um, it will be very interesting to see what will happen when um, James Harden is on the court, and then we can sort of put Maxi a little bit in that second unit a little bit more, and then we can kind of maybe keep up the intensity, you know, because Maxi's like the energizer buddy on that court, you know. Mm-hmm. So I do think that that I feel like James and 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 Joel's um, like more like pace will blend well together, and then Maxi will keep up the intensity in that second in that second unit which will which will work well so we'll we'll definitely have to see so um I'm excited I know you're excited I know all Eagles and Sixers fans all of the tri-state area is excited and we'll 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 see um we got eight minutes left and 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 the game's on so let's let's dive into of course what we are primarily here about the Eagles my birds um I want to kind of tap into our upcoming draft um, our draft needs. We have three first round picks. I think. I think this is a going to be a consistent story um, up until the draft. Like, what are we going to do? What do we need? Who are we targeting? Um, I think we're going to be talking to a lot of prospects, especially when the combine comes in, um, just because we have those three first round picks and that we can really utilize them um, extremely well. So, so John, what do you feel like we need um, the Eagles? 
uh, this upcoming draft and and where do you think we'll we'll be looking to to target in the draft? I think <laughs> I think John might be a little frozen a little bit. I don't mind starting. Um, for me, the biggest need overall is is defense. Um, primarily, the Eagles are a. Um, primarily, the Eagles are a uh, defensive line and then corner, and then they kind of like figure out the rest out in terms of their 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 team, um, the the defensive layout. And I, I'm not mad at it. I would say, but I, I'm not happy <laughs> with it. I think we need to invest more in the the linebackers. I need. To, I think we need to invest more in the safeties. Um, I think we need to invest more in the in the corners. So so my priorities in the draft, thinking about what we need, having 10 picks, having three first round picks, is I want to go defensive end um or safety or, or linebacker. I want one of those picks to be used on and on those positions because I think it is a need that need that should and and must be addressed. Um, as soon as possible, you know what we what we absolutely cannot afford um, again is to have a leaky defense, and I think um, that's something that has been apparent. <clears throat> We've been able to, to disguise it with a good line, but our line's aging. You know, Brandon Graham, um, unfortunately, you know, um, was injured and he was out for an entire season. Um, Fletcher Cox is not the same Fletcher Cox that he used to be. He's just not. He used to be in the conversation with Aaron Donald, and now you never hear their names compared with each other. So while I love Fletch and everything he's done for us, he's he's just not. He's not giving what he used to give. Let's just let's just keep it real there. Um, I I like some of these these new guys. I like the signing of Javon Hargrave, but again, that's a free agent. You know, we need to be developing our own um homegrown talents and honestly I, I, how much do you really trust Howie Roseman to do that when you look at some of the defensive ends that he's drafted since Brandon Graham which was not his pick it was a it was an Andy Reid pick and you can kind of see his efforts are pretty much abysmal um thinking about uh, Marcus Smith <laughs> thinking about um Derek Barnett um uh, thinking about um, you know, all the plethora of the defensive ends that sort of flamed out, flamed out with us. So that's that's a need that we need to target in the draft is defense and going with the line, the linebackers or or the safeties. I think Rodney McLeod, let's let's look at that. He's coming off of, you know, um a, a good year coming off of his ACL where everybody's getting a little older. That second spot is not at all solidified um there's a lot of impermanence in that in that second spot and then you look at you know um our linebackers and they're being nice they're serviceable but realistically they're terrible and i think in a john cannon defense you need an impactful linebacker so one thing i will say to howie's credit is that he does like to build a team um, that's catered to his coach's needs. Um, <laughs> his success in that is is debatable, but he does try to to build a team that caters to his to his coach's needs. So I would assume that we are definitely going to be um, we're definitely going to be adding a you know cube uh, a linebacker in 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 this draft and, and I want us to, to, to address it early in the first two rounds. 
Um, I don't want us to wait. I don't want us to lose out on, on, a, on a generational prospect because we were obsessed with the offense, as always. And, and I think we really need to, to address that. Um, that's something that I really want to look at. So if I'm looking at my defense, my, my top three defensive needs in this draft are, are 100% going to be um, the, the linebackers, the safeties, and the def- defensive end. And my boy John is back because my voice is dry. <laughs> Lord. That happens when you go live, guys. And life is life is a, a host of wonders. So my boy John is back. And he's going to give us his list of the Eagles draft needs. John, what you got? All right. There's still a little technical difficulties with John. He'll be right back with us. So I'll just continue on with, with, with what I was saying. So I already got the defense and now we'll kind of look to the offensive side of the ball. And, and if I'm addressing the offensive needs, I want to look at first, honestly, I think sneakily we need to be looking at that right guard position. So I wouldn't mind an offensive lineman, but not in one of the first round picks. Like we have a habit of, drafting linemen, whether that's defense or offense, high in the first round. I'm just not sold on this idea of using a, a high first-round pick on a, an old lineman right now. I think we could address other um, way more needs. And John is gone again, but he'll be back. He'll be back. Don't worry. And, and meanwhile, I, your girl, Fia, is holding it down for 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 the three birds, um, always streaming, always talking, always uh, uh, got something to say on on her birds, okay? And so, so one of the things that we also can look at too is um, the tight end position. I think we need to address the fact that behind Dallas Goddard, we don't really have anybody. I'm not sure if I want to address it in the draft because I think you know we just paid Dallas, we just you know put put some money in it. Um, I don't want the same situation with Zach to happen again, but I do think that that's a sneaky leap need that we we may fail to address wide receiver as always again is a is a need that that i think we need to be looking at and running back i think is something that we need to be looking at um i know the eagles have traditionally devaluated devaluated the running back position and i can understand why um over the course of of their career you know you you see a lot of bargain. So I wouldn't mind them, you know, waiting a little bit to the mid rounds to start addressing those, those specific areas. Um, but I do think the defense has to come first. I, I, I think, I hope you guys notice that I did not mention the QB position at all as of yet. Um, I don't think we need to be drafting a QB in, in this, um, in this draft, unless unless they absolutely love him, unless they absolutely love him, um, I'd be totally for trading one of these picks just to keep our options open for next year's draft because I hear that one's a better um, QB rich draft and and just sort of you know either rolling the dice with Jalen for one more season, um, which couldn't hurt our draft position, I don't think. Or and or using one of these picks to to land a, a big a big um, franchise level QB maybe a Russell Wilson type QB um that's be something I'd be extre- extremely interested in um 
because I do think with three first round picks, it just offers so much flexibility, so much um, reliable, um, so much uh, space to maneuver. And so it will be very interesting. I think we all know how I feel about Howie Roseman and how he basically um, isn't the best GM when it comes to drafting. Um, but people have talked over and over, and my guy John is back. Thank you, John. Thank you for coming right. back. Um, no worries. This is this is live, and we're here, and we're we're here to have have technical difficulty. <laughs> um, yeah. you know how I feel about Howie Roseman, so I can imagine that there's a there's a sense that um, there's there's always narratives built that Howie's building a better team than he's actually building. I think that it, it's. Everybody was happy that we made the playoffs this year. I was happy we made the playoffs, but at the same time, I, I almost wonder if that's the peak because you know how these tenures with coaches have their peaks, and so I'll, I'm wondering if is this the the peak of of his tenure with with Nick Sirianni or 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 is just just the beginning? We'll we'll have to see. Um, the the personnel grouping on paper looks great. It looks like a very strong personnel front office, but. At the end of the day, when you get down in there, and Jeff Lurie's sitting there, and he's he's hearing about some prospect, um, because you know ESPN or the NFL Network is upselling him, and he's like, you know, I want to go with that one. I mean, I can see how he's doing it because he's done it before, so it'll be very interesting to to see. I think prepare to be as Eagles fans prepare to be frustrated because I think that's something that is a consistent narrative when it comes to the to the GM of the Eagles. But I'm going to let John speak now because I am wiped, wiped. Okay, John, what is your take on the Eagles draft? What do you see our needs being? And, and how do you anticipate um, the draft night going? We need a Sam linebacker. Hmm. Jannar Avery played admirable this year when he flashed. But I think to really win in this league, you need three linebackers. We have two really good ones, and they could always I could I could see them going with the Devin Lloyd, who I I I personally am a huge fan of at the University of Utah. Mentioned him on, on the last show. Um, Ahmad Gardner, they call him Sauce from University of Cincinnati. Lean shutdown corner could be great, great uh, developmental. Corner opposite of Slay. Um, there, there, I mean, there, you can go Jordan Davis, the defensive lineman from University of Georgia. I think it would be a great fit. It kind of reminds me of Jerome Brown when Jerome Brown came out. There's a big body dude, not really a two gapper, like a one gapper. He's going to stuff, stuff the run, get up the field. Um, those three guys are my personal favorites, and I think they will be available at 15, 16, and 19. Now, like like you mentioned before, will we remain put to take all three selections? I'm not sure. Um, I think it would be wise to use one of those picks to add ammo for next year's draft in the event that we do decide to go with Jalen, which I think they will. They give him another year. I think next year's quarterback class will be great. Like we, like you mentioned in the last pod, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. There's some really good guys coming out next year's draft at the quarterback position that the, the Eagles could potentially get. And um, 
I th- receiver on. Uh, if we go three years straight of drafting a receiver, which I, it looks like we could, because there's some good ones. There, uh, you have Burks from Arkansas. That dude's a big. His his uh, his physical profile is similar to Alshon Jeffrey, like faster Alshon Jeffrey. Then you have the Ohio State guys, Chris Olave and uh, Garrett Wilson, two really good receivers that you could plug in day day one opposite of Devontae Smith. I think this offseason, it's imperative to get a number two receiver opposite of Devontae because – Quez Watkins is a good number three. He 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 has the potential to be a good number two. And the work that he put in the offseason, I think down the line, I think he could potentially grow to become a number two. But I think right now we need the number two receiver. Um, you see, this is exactly why I needed John here tonight, right? Because while I can talk um, all the abstract like positions I want, he giving you names. Okay, he's telling you prospects to look out for. He's making sure you understand what, what, who's on the radar, who, who you should be targeting, and what name to look out for on, on draft night. So that's that's why we we love to have John Monroe Jr. <laughs> give us give us his take on 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 the NFL and the draft. So yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. You know, I I was talking. While, while you were having, you know, getting back on with us, I was I was talking about how we need a linebacker. And I think Jonathan Gannon's defense needs an impact linebacker. And, and to Howie's credit, that is something that he does attempt to do. He tries to build a team that caters to his coach's, you know, uh, scheme specifications. So, so I do think that, you know, there are a lot of good defensive players in this draft this year. And, and it would – it would really, really benefit the Eagles to look into for the first time since the I don't know what since the '60s or something drafting a linebacker. What'd you say? 1979. 1979. Okay, so I think it would really like 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 Jeff Lurie didn't even own the team back then. That's that's how long it's been since we since we drafted a linebacker. So I just I just think I mean sorry a linebacker in the first round. So I just do think that we we really need to stop bargain hunt in that position. Like we treat it like the running back position. Like you like any plug and play, any dimer doesn't. And there's you usually need three of them on the field at once. It's not like it's not like you're playing 13 person. <laughs> That's true. Or or running a four two five like in college, like right. nickel and nickel defense the entire. But you know what? The league, the way the league is trending. Every team's coming out with three receivers, mm-hmm. so I think to 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 mask that they're coming out more four two five three three five with multiple guys on the on the edge and on the outside. It's it's the passing thing now. I think, the most, I think I think I think sorry to cut you off, but I'm 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 kind of thinking on it. I'm like. Now that Malcolm Jenkins is gone, we really recognize how valuable his utility was to us because he he played that pseudo linebacker role as well as that safety position. So it really afforded us this ability to, like you say, kind of kind of leave, take a linebacker off the field, put a little bit more speed and agility on the field for those three 
wide receivers, maybe that extra tight end. Um, and in which case, you know, with the linebackers, a lot of these tight end, a lot of these lot tight ends are built to outmuscle these linebackers these days. You know, so 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 you really have to have a, a linebacker that can cover and and have enough speed to to I mean and tackle well. You know, and I do think that we tend to find one or the other, but we have not made any um, effort in being able to find both, and especially that dynamic playmaking ability, that that ability to roam the middle of the field and cause a little bit of of interception and get, get in these lanes and be instinctive. Like we really, honestly, I feel like I haven't seen it in a in a in a tangible way since since Jordan Hicks. You know, Nigel Bradham once in a while here and there, but like not really. You know, and I and I think we need it. I agree. That's I I I pound it. If, if I was a GM, Devin Lloyd would be one of those first two picks for me. That dude, either him, um, you can't go wrong with a N'Kobe Dean out of Georgia. That dude is a bullet, and you could plug him anywhere. But um, you mentioned safeties. There's some really good safeties coming out. Kyle Wilson from Notre Dame. He's a Ronnie Lott, big safety, but could cover a lot of ground. Um Going back to the national champion, champion uh, Georgia Bulldogs, mm. Lewis Dean is a cor- is a safety I like too. He reminds me of Dawkins a lot. Like the oh, really? dude, he's a, he's a, he's an eraser. He's Malcolm. That that's what this defense is missing. That true eraser, that quasi linebacker that can come in and and, and erase anything you flow in the flat or over the middle. Like that's what we're missing. And this mm. th- those two guys at safety. That, that, that they're foundational pieces and we can get them. And I hope Howie. Trust- I mean, look, to me, this is a decent, like, like, I agree with you. I think we're on the same page. It's a, it's a defensive laden draft. I think we need to, to focus there. There are more pieces solidified on the offensive side of the ball than there are on the defensive side of the ball. And where there are questions on the offensive side of the ball, like quarterback, like wide receiver, like maybe even running back, they can be addressed in other ways. Whereas the defense maybe cannot, at least not at a at a at a bargain, you know, because we're targeting areas uh, that have starting to come up to become premiums. You know, the defensive end position is at a premium. I understand the linebacker maybe might fall on style, but every now and again, I don't know. Michael Parsons just won defensive uh, rookie of the year. You can't tell me that linebackers are. are you know, falling out of style. I just, I just can't agree with you there. So I'm just, I'm just very curious to, to see what the Eagles do, you know, what moves they'll, they'll make and, and, and how they'll kind of, I mean, they are in line to really make an impact in this draft with, with three picks. So it'll be very interesting to, to see what, what, how he does. Very true. I'm excited. Hopefully they, they trust the board, trust the research they put in and they pick the right players to fit us. Absolutely, I, no doubt. I pray <laughs> we know yeah. how Howie is. <laughs> you do, I know, and then Jeff. I I want somebody just to sit on Jeff for a bit, you know, just just chill. All right, now before we get on to our next topic, we gotta go into our ads. Like we mentioned, we are officially the Eagles uh, podcast net uh, podcast for the Pigskin Network, and we are here. Uh, to to really just make sure that we are providing you with the best content possible because we really enjoy the support of our fans. 
All right. Now, hey, Sixers fans, we were talking about earlier, okay? The latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can pay play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total cash prizes with their first deposit. Okay? How do you get this amazing deal? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now using the promo code TPPN. Right now, we see it scrolling on the bottom. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Uh, 21 and older, minimum age, location requirements vary by jurisdiction. Treat DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void were prohibited. Minimum $55 deposit. Gambling problem? Call one 800 Gambler in Tennessee, call or text the TN uh, red line 1-800-889-9789 in Connecticut, visit slash chat in New York, call 8778-HOPE-NEW York or text HOPE-NEW York 467369. All right. Now, I want to get into, as we've been talking about, right, the Eagles got draft needs, and then we have free agent needs, okay? So we've mentioned certain positions that we like to have them target in the draft. I want to get into positions that you think we need to target in the free agency um, because I do think that there's a lot of ways, like, while I don't like how Howie drafts, like, I can't stand his drafting ability, his free agent ability is, is really good. Like, he's good at picking up free agents and have, you know, because because other people draft well. So he's going to be able to, to pick <laughs> To pick up somebody else's success story. So so I really want to get into who do you feel like are good targets or what positions do you feel like are good targets for, for the Eagles in this uh, upcoming free agency period? I really like um, Houston Texan safety, DJ Reed Jr. Um, I, wanted hit, I wanted the Eagles to draft him, and they, they missed out. He was drafted in the second round. Great. Safety, sideline to sideline, like um, I think he was like he was in the top twenty-five of pro football focused uh, players under twenty-five or something like that. Could be had, could be had for a, a modest three-year, like maybe eight, eight to ten a year, ten million a year. Um, good foundational piece that we can add if we if we choose to do that before the draft. Um, really, 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 really think we need to get a defensive end. And I saw a story today that really made me smile. Uh, they linked the Eagles to signing former Kansas City Chief Indianapolis Colts defensive end, Justin, Justin Houston. And Justin Houston, I like Justin I, Houston. I personally. 
like Tim when he first came on with the Chiefs. He reminded me of Derek Thomas a lot. And I was like, damn, I love DT. And I was like, damn, this dude is nice. But um, Justin Houston, he's 32. But he's, he had five and a half sacks last year, 13 tackles for loss. Like, the guy could, still has gas. Look at Brandon Graham. He's a little long in the 2-2, but he has doesn't have a lot of tread. And Justin Houston has had years where he was healthy. Then had, had a little injury bug here and there, but would be a valuable vet to that locker room, somebody that's dependable, somebody you can trust. Actually overlap Sirianni in Indianapolis. Mm. That's a big one. So that's I think big, Justin – Good, good. Oh man, one of the best. One of the best. Um, See, I, I like your, I like your options, but for me, if the draft is going to be addressing defense, I want to go offense on the on on free agency because I just I feel like history shows us that Howie doesn't do great with drafting receivers. So instead of like I hear the the receiver class is. is is loaded, but leave it to Howie to draft the, the prospect <laughs> that doesn't pan out. Because we've heard that that song and dance before, you know, that this draft is loaded with this and this draft is loaded with that. And then we come to our pick and we're 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 uh we're we're picking um uh Mac Hollins or um maybe golden third round. Right. I didn't right. even have or JJ Ardega Whiteside because somehow we need a a a a, a Alshon Jeffries type receiver when we already have Alshon. <laughs> anyway, um, I I really want to attack the the wide receiver position. I think um, there are a couple of names out there that might be might be open. I think the the Falcons have a wide receiver. Um, I, I can't remember his name. Is it Sanders? Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley, exactly. He, he, he's got Calvin Ridley might be available via trade. I'd be very interested to to look into that. Um, I maybe I mean I know Odell's rehabbing, but so I'm not really looking into to him. But there are a couple of different wide receivers I think that might be coming open and, and we could really look into. There may be a couple of running backs we could get for a treat because we need a bruiser. Like I do think that Miles is still coming into his own a little bit. Um, but we need a we need a bruiser, we need a pounder. I'd be happy to bring Jordan Howard back on another minimum deal, but I need something more way more consistent. Just just someone that can just be that that wear your wear your uh your team down. And I, we we frankly need a second um tight end. You know, I, I don't necessarily want to address it in the draft. Like I'm, I'm here to there with it because um, it's a, it's, it's another situation gearing up similar to what happened with Zach Ertz and and Dallas Goddard. So I don't want to do that again. But we do need a second, a second tight end. I don't think bringing back um, Richard Rogers for like the fifth or sixth time is gonna cut it anymore. Or, or their attempt to keep trying to um, change. Like change cross uh, uh, cross train these players at different positions. You know Tyree Jackson, blah blah blah. Like I'm, I'm draft a bona fide or sorry draft sign a bona fide tight end, please. Would you want more of a move tight end or inline blocker tight end? No, a move like tight a end. Move? A move tight end. Yeah, because Dallas Dallas blocks well. You know, and I'm not saying that Dallas doesn't doesn't move well too, but I do think that it's pretty obvious how our offense is funneled. 
You know, our offense is funneled through Devontae Smith and, and Dallas Goddard. And I do think that it's just very easy to to eliminate them and then really just squeeze our entire um, play, our entire scheme, um, especially with some of Jalen's, you know, limitations. And so may, maybe, you know, if he can improve, a lot of these things will be will be different next season. But I do think it would it would definitely behoove the Eagles to look into getting another um, um, backup tight end. There's a good one that just came to mind in the draft, back to the back to the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, University of Maryland, a, they have a tight end, Okanawu Odulari. He was second on the team in receiving, had like 639 yards and five touchdowns. He was uh, all, all big, tw- uh, big 10, all big 12. No, all big, all big, big ten uh, tight end for the for my uh, University of Maryland, and he's a move tight end. He his his profile is similar to David Njoku, and um, could be had in fifth, sixth round. I think interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think we could address that. And then, and then sneakily enough, you know, I, I <laughs> we always address the old line, but. You know, now that Brandon Brooks has retired, um, one of the best to ever ever do it. We do have a sneaky lead for, need for a right guard. Um, I I think maybe maybe we could slot Isaac Sam Samahu in in that position, um, and that might work. I I wonder how he would feel to switch after being the left guard for so long. Um, but I don't think Lane Dickerson does well at right guard. Like he's, he's much better as a left guard and a center than he is as a right guard. Um, and, but maybe he can improve. So it'd be interesting to see what they do with the, with the line. Um, <clears throat> when it comes to QB, we could talk about it for, in a free agent aspect, but, but there are no free agent QBs that are, are good. If we are trading for a QB or we're sticking with Jalen Hurts, like those are pretty much our, our options right now. I mean, Maybe a QB gets picked up in the draft, but I can't imagine it's getting picked up high. Like I can't, I just can't see the Eagles expending a, a second or a, another second round pick on a, on a QB. Did you see they were enamored? Howie was enamored with um, Malik, the the quarterback from Liberty. Oh yeah, I did hear that. I did hear that. I, yeah. Yeah, but you know, I just remember when um, we drafted um, Carson, and just how much work went into like it was just so obvious we were gonna we were gonna draft a QB, you know, and 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 how much how present Jeff Lurie was to that whole process. So to me, I won't my interest won't won't start peaking up to any of these QBs in the draft until I start seeing Jeff sniff around you know when you start seeing Jeff sniff around then you know it's kind of serious right and I think they have mentioned that his son is actually having a little bit more of a prominent role in in things so that will be interesting to see I think I think slowly but surely we we never quite talk about it but but the Eagles are turning more into to Jerry Jones-esque than than we when we'd like to think you know um unlike other other um professional billionaire owners of the NFL, the um, uh, Jeff Lurie has this and he has his production company, you know, like he doesn't, he's not really doing too much. 
Um, so I do think that he's very much more, way more involved in the day-to-day aspects of things than we than we know. And I think that he is way more in a lot of these spaces with these players than we know. And I do think that, that that's something to keep an eye on if you're trying to find out, is, is our team, the Eagles, looking into a, to a QB this, this job come drop? True. I agree. And Julian, Julian was at uh, the Senior Bowl, and there's to him watching uh, the quarterbacks throw at the Senior Bowl. I think one of the last practices of the Senior Bowl, and uh, I think it's going to be he's going to be handed the keys once Jeffrey's ready to step away. And I, he he went through a program to understand the game. And let's see. We'll but, see. Oh. We'll see. You know, I, I'm sure he. I'm sure he. He has ambitions to to take over the team one day. Um, you know, when when that time comes, and you know, coming starting the process early isn't isn't necessarily a bad thing. I just I just wonder about the idea of having this extremely young professional. I understand he's educated young man um, be in these spaces with some of these you know more seasoned. Um, professionals and and how does that look to kind of you know have him override your actual actual um hired professional hired you know like if if, if Julian is overruling the personnel department there's a problem with that that's that's what I'm we'll see that dynamic I yeah I'm with you on that right all right so before we get out of here for tonight, okay, we're bringing back a, a fan favorite, our Eagle of the Week. Okay, my guy John's got a got a former Eagle or current Eagle. I'm not sure which one. I'm um, I'm anticipating it just as much as y'all are that that he is going to um, wow us with just going over why that that Eagle is a is just a why that player is just a consummate Eagle and why we definitely always ride hard for him. So without further ado, go ahead, John. Thank you, Steph. This eagle holds a dear place in all Eagles fans' hearts. Um, we mentioned a player of this player's like pre- previously tonight. And um, when you go to a team and you go to wear a legend's jersey, they willfully give it up. That says a lot about that player. And the person I'm talking about is the three-time Pro Bowler, Hall of Fame, Eagles legend, Harold Carmichael. Mm. This dude went to Southern University, walked on to the Southern University football team. Not only did he play football, he played basketball. He was a center. And not only did he play basketball, he ran track, too. And he walked onto the football team. And by... They, they started to off as a tight end, was second in the team receiving, and became uh, – he won a few all-conference – he won a – he made an all-conference team, got drafted late by the Eagles, and they originally had him at tight end. He had the most receiving yards. He led the league in receiving his rookie year. They moved him to tight end. And they had problems with their starting quarterback. They drafted Ron Jaworski, and the rest is history. That really lamented his history. At the time of Harold Carmichael's retirement, 
He was fifth, fifth all time in touchdown catches. Wow. This guy should not have waited this long to get in the Hall of Fame. He is actually the tallest receiver to ever play in, in the NFC 6'8. Wow. And he's enshrined as an NFL legend and an Eagles legend of all time. Here's to Harold Carmichael. Great career. And he's still involved with the Eagles as an alumni, and he was the liaison to the affairs for a long time. So salute to him. Harold Carmichael, you're the man. We love you. Thank you for everything you did for us. Absolutely. Harold Carmichael is our Eagle of the Week, and John Drew's a very, very good one. Uh, recent inductee into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We definitely appreciate everything Harold Carmichael uh, offered to the game of football and also to the city of Philadelphia and the Philadelphia Eagles. So that has been another great, even with all the technical difficulties, great episode of Three Birds and a Pun. Please make sure you subscribe and download the podcast, stream it on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, um, Megaphone, or wherever you get your podcast. Okay, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, as you can see scrolling along the bottom, okay? All right? And download our YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube account, okay? okay. This has been another episode of Three Birds and a Punt. I am your girl, uh, at Afia, at According to Afia on Twitter. You can follow me down there, okay? Um, we're missing our boy, Whip, but he'll be back next week, and you can follow him at uh, at Mary Jane's Gimp on Twitter. And finally, but certainly not sh- uh, surely, and finally, <laughs> you can follow my boy, John Monroe Jr. at John Monroe Jr. <laughs> on Twitter, all right? Anything you got to say to the fans before we cut out here today, John? <laughs> Thank you for having us. Thank you for tuning in. It's been a pleasure to be back. Good to be back. Eagle, go Birds. We're going to get it. Let's go. Let's go Sixers. Come on. Let's go Sixers. Harden day. Harden. All right. Go Birds. Go Birds.